With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern day fundraising success. And practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Today is May 1st, 2012, May Day. I am coming to you live from the national headquarters of the Charities Aid Foundation of America. As always, here on The Nonprofit Coach, for those of you who are familiar with the show, you can call in, as the announcer said, at 347-324-3080 when we get to our page two expert. You also can join us over in the chat room, uh, or you can uh, email me your questions at tedhart at tedhart.com. As always, here on The Nonprofit Coach, we always start the show off with page one news. Last week we were not here. I was over in uh, London uh, meeting with uh, uh, giving a lecture at the Charities Aid Foundation UK. Uh, but the week before that, I have a little bit of a news uh, regarding the show uh, that we had on Tuesday, April 17th. Ken Berger was here celebrating the 10th anniversary of Charity Navigator. Turns out that was the second highest rated nonprofit coach radio show ever in history. So congratulations to Ken Berger and Charity Navigator for piquing so much interest uh, of our audience here on the Nonprofit Coach. Of course, we uh, invite you back anytime you have further news. As always here on the Nonprofit Coach, you can follow along with the radio links at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. You'll find uh, the yellow highlighted resources button. You can sign up for our newsletter also right at tedhart.com. Just click on Newsletter. Make sure that you get all of the updates regarding this show. Over in the radio links today, you'll find uh, news from the Seattle Times. Tomorrow is a big day in Seattle. One of our partners uh, here at the Charities Aid Foundation of America is Seattle Foundation. They have their second annual Give Big event that will use technology to promote philanthropy in a day of online donations. Seattle's success in technology and philanthropy will converge uh, tomorrow as they bring this event back to Seattle with the focus on helping more than 1,400 local nonprofits raise money and raise awareness through online donations. Good luck to everyone over at the Seattle Foundation, and I think uh, next week here on the Nonprofit Coach uh, we'll have someone from the Seattle Foundation here to let us know how it all goes. Good luck in Seattle tomorrow uh, with Give Big. Uh, big news in the nonprofit uh, sector. You'll also find over in the radio links 
uh, that Convio has been sold to Blackbaud, a good friend of uh, ours here and a good friend of mine for, uh, I think, nearly a decade. Vinay Baguette is the founder of Convio. He is live here on the Nonprofit Coach. Vinay, congratulations on building such a successful company uh, that really has become an icon uh, for online fundraising. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you, Ted. Vinay, this is uh, this has been uh, a labor of love for you. You had a vision early on uh, about online giving. Tell us about how Convio became such a big success. Ted, I think uh, the key was that we we believed online engagement was going to transform how fundraising um, occurred, and we were always sort of very research driven in how we approached uh, our market and developed our products, uh, starting with uh, the interviews that I did back in 1999 before launching the company, through to on an annual basis doing benchmark research, uh, trying to understand directly from donors and constituents what they wanted to do in terms of online engagement with nonprofits, and try to really drive change in the sector through both provisioning technology, uh, sharing research, and uh, just like you, evangelizing the need to change uh, business practices and adopt the web as part of your marketing mix. Well, you were quite successful uh, in in doing that, and not only did you build a successful company, but you also were very active in the nonprofit sector uh, for our listeners who may not know, you were uh, one of the founders of the E-Philanthropy Foundation, an organization uh, that a bunch of us got together and started putting together in 2000. Uh, came on the market uh, 2001 with our first book, Fundraising on the Internet, the E-Philanthropy Foundation's Guide to Success Online. Uh, can you remember uh, all the way back there, more than a decade, uh, what the promise looked like, and, and could you have possibly envisioned where things would be today? You know, it was an interesting uh, interesting time. When I started Convia, um, only about 15% of the organizations um, I, I kind of talked to even had any kind of web presence. And uh, those websites back then were pretty much brochures. A handful of large organizations like the World Wildlife Fund had invested in a more robust presence, um, but you know, had needed to spend a lot of money in order to kind of get those sorts of capabilities. So the the epiphany I had back then was um, someone needed to sort of be the the Henry Ford of Internet technology and, uh, you know, provide a low-cost packaged way for organizations to kind of get online in a meaningful way and engage their constituents. And, uh, you know, back then, you know, far under $100 million was raised online as an industry and I don't know what the official figure is for 2011 as an industry, but it's in the multi-billions, and Convio alone handled about $1.3 billion in funds last year. So we've seen as an industry tremendous growth in this medium, and it's much more than just the dollars that are being raised online. We've seen the impact of the web in terms of driving new donor engagement or recruiting, reaching out to new demographics and younger constituents. We've seen the ability for constituents to share their own passions by recruiting others to the cause. We've seen the potential of the web for advocacy as well. And it's been just really fulfilling for me to see uh, the change that we hoped would occur actually occur in our sector and see just a lot more engagement of donors as a result. Yeah, the official numbers that uh, we put out each year, uh, most recent numbers, $17.65 billion in the U.S., $34 billion uh, around the, the world, uh, 2011 figures will be out in uh, in June. You folks have become a significant player uh, in that uh, in that space. Uh, eleven years in, uh, uh, I think, is it eleven years for uh, Convio. When, when con- was Convio uh, actually founded? Uh, I I launched the concept in early 1999, so it's actually uh, almost 13 years now. Uh, But the company was first funded in November of 1999, and our products came to market in July of 2000. 
Okay, okay. So about a year ahead of uh, the E-Philanthropy uh, Foundation uh, for uh, uh, for Convio. So all of that time, certainly we've all learned a lot. Uh, there were uh, lots of people who thought the Donate Now button would be the be-all and end-all. We've learned that it's all about relationships and much more about engagement. So from your perspective and all the research and all the very wealth of experience that you have, what's the future hold? Uh, for online digital engagement uh, for charities? I mean, I just think, just like the theme of your show, uh, the future is really integration. Um, online engagement remains an important and growing part of the mix, but it needs to be done in concert with other cultivation strategies, be that one-on-one -on -one relationship development, physical events, and certainly direct mail is, and telemarketing uh, exist as, as substantial channels still today. And so I think the essence, is being, essence of success is being donor-centric, uh, understanding that different facets of your audience may want different engagement. A younger individual may want a more online-oriented approach. Uh, versus sort of an older supporter, um, and really understanding how the donor wants to engage, both in terms of medium and frequency and theme of content. That's that's the art here. And then using technology strategically to get closer to the donor, to understand what's important to them, how do they want to be engaged, how can they best help you, and then using uh, you know data derived from your interactions with supporters to uh, architect, uh, you know, the most optimal engagement strategy. And Vinay, I think what, what you're what you're saying is, uh, is something that you and I have been saying for more than a decade, and and that is there really is no cookie cutter approach. This takes real strategy. This takes real integration. This takes real know how. Uh, you can learn to be successful online, but it's something uh, that is a skill like any other skill in the nonprofit sector. Is that not right? Indeed, and I think you know the new skill that needs to be developed as an industry is just the emphasis on integration. I think um, you know as pioneers in the online space, um, there was a lot of room to grow online marketing unto itself as a as a silo. I think the epiphany that we've collectively had in the last five years has been that you know online needs to be integrated effectively with other channels in order to optimize results. And there's a new science that's frankly emerging around how to make integration happen. What metrics do we need to understand uh, that may be different than online metrics alone? What business processes do we need to institute to drive, again, cross-channel engagement? And how do we as organizations need to organize our staff and goal them in order to create the right behavior? Um, and drive, again, the most optimal relationship with the donor. Excellent ad advice for any charitable organization. Vinay, you have uh, tweeted that your final day with Convio is this Friday, uh, May 4th. What comes next for Vinay? Um, I am an entrepreneur at heart and uh, have thoroughly enjoyed uh, trying to be a change agent in the nonprofit sector for the last 13 years. Um, and also at the same time be part of building a successful business that employs you know close to 470 people um i i love creation i love the creative process and i intend to uh create another company um and I hope to drive change uh in another way in another sector um i'd like to stay engaged in the nonprofit sector you know just as a as a volunteer and certainly as a donor moving forward um but um uh, i'm planning on creating uh, a new company and you'll hear about it in the next few months well Vinay, i look forward to having you back here on the nonprofit coach of course you're always welcome here as a guest and we hope that you'll bring the good news of what you do next and the energy that you bring to uh to whatever you do uh back here to the nonprofit coach uh, please come back soon thank you ted that was uh, Vinay Baguette. He is the founder of Convio, now sold uh, to BlackBot, a true innovator in the nonprofit sector, and always a pleasure to have here on the Nonprofit Coach. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, big news coming out of Toronto. Uh, this is the third year of the Digital Leap Conference, having uh, held that conference in London for, uh, for two years. 
My partner in that uh, process is uh, Stephen Thomas Group, uh, Neil Galliford, who uh, heads that up. Neil, welcome back here to the Nonprofit Coach. Wow, do we have big news coming out of Toronto for uh, Digital Leap uh, this week. Yeah, Ted, it's great to, great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, the conference, uh, we're getting all geared up for it. It's, uh, there's a lot of excitement around here. It's on, it's going to be on Thursday, May 3rd here, uh, here in Toronto. And, uh, I have to tell you, we, uh, we were sold out, uh, more than two weeks ago. Um, uh, but we are able to take a few more, uh, a few more people. We were able to expand the capacity of the conference, uh, slightly. Yeah, that was really nice of the folks, uh, uh, over at the uh, Art Gallery of Ontario uh, to work with us to uh, to allow us to get a few more folks in because we had a, a long list and a growing list of people on the wait list for for this conference. We certainly did, and so I can announce today we have something around 12 seats left, just 12 seats left. So if anybody listening uh, wants to uh, get involved and uh, be able to come to this great event, uh, they should go to digitalleap.org. And uh, see if they can pick up one of those last 12 uh, seats right. that are available. Just 12 expansion seats uh, for this year on an ostensibly sold-out Digital Leap. Great lineup. Uh, I think that's probably part of the reason why this sold out uh, so quickly. Um, this is really a unique learning experience throughout North America. Uh, tell us just uh, very briefly uh, why people should snap up those last couple seats. Well, we've got just about everything that's important in uh, in online uh, marketing and fundraising. We're starting with a, a plenary from uh, Mark Davis, who's the director of technical solutions at Blackbot, and he's going to be talking about the importance of peer-to-peer peer-to-peer fundraising. And that's bookended by the end of the day when we're going to hear from uh, Corey Clem, who is the digital strategist with Movember, which is probably uh one of the most successful events ever uh, ever created for fundraising and depends very much on uh, on uh, on digital assets so uh in between we're looking at social media we're we're uh we're hearing from organizations like uh World Wildlife Fund and Coca-Cola uh from uh the Canadian Diabetes Association with a couple of case studies uh, you're speaking, Ted. Of course, that's always great, and you're very, always very popular and always have new things to say. Um, we're even going to be talking about something called Pinterest, uh, which is so new that uh, there might be people out there who don't even know what it is. Yeah, and, and we've covered that here on this show, but what a great opportunity to come and actually uh, learn about Pinterest and, and what it means to the nonprofit uh, sector. So we want to encourage uh, everyone within uh, uh, travel distance to uh, to Toronto uh, to make sure that uh, you get up there on uh, May 3rd. Of course, I'll be there. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing Neil Galford and all of our good friends of Stephen Thomas, uh, the wonderful work that you folks do. Uh, this has been a great partnership three years in. Uh, look forward to seeing you, Neil, up there on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, and of course, uh, it uh, it wouldn't be possible without the help of our sponsors, starting with BlackBot, Unix Vision, Artez Interactive, and a host of other uh, other sponsors. So I hope people will go to digitalleap.org and and uh, pick up one of those tickets, have a look at the program, look at all the speakers, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing everybody on Thursday. Yeah, and and, uh, and the sponsors will be there, so you'll have a chance to actually uh, talk to them about uh, the services that uh, that they uh, they provide. Uh, our good friend Jeff uh, Janak will be there. Uh, always uh, one of the very first folks to jump in, one of the first believers uh, in Digital Leap, so uh, uh, we encourage everybody to uh, get a chance to chat with uh, Jeff and the wonderful work that he does uh, for nonprofit organizations. Yeah, it's fantastic. We're really appreciative, and that allows us to keep the ticket prices down so that uh, even small organizations can afford to send someone to uh, to learn uh, what they need to be doing online. Absolutely. So uh, anyone interested uh, can connect uh, to, with uh, the conference at digitalleap.org. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can contact us right on that uh, website as well. Uh, Neil, I'll see you on Thursday. Absolutely, Ted. Looking forward to it. Great to have you here on the show. Uh, I'll be up in Toronto the rest of the week. Uh, that was Neil Galliford from Stephen Thomas talking about uh, the uh, ostensibly sold-out Digital Leap conference, uh, 12 expansion seats still available. 
snap those up and join me up in uh, Toronto. Uh, next up here on page one news, just before we get over to uh, page two, uh, is the, the ongoing survey over at tedhart.com, which president of the United States has done the most for philanthropy. Voting continues, um, almost a tie uh, between Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton. Who do you think every president uh, listed on the poll, and they are in random order, um, uh, has received at least one vote? Make sure you go online at tedhart.com and vote for the president that you think has done the most to advance philanthropy uh, in the United States. Uh, With that, that uh, wraps up page one. We're going to head right on over to page two. It is my pleasure to welcome here to the nonprofit court coach, uh, Norm Olshansky, who is the president of NFP Consulting Resources. His firm has served the nonprofit sector since 1996. His consulting practice has included strategic restructuring, major gift campaign planning, on-site council, board development, and direction for multi-organizational collaborative capital and endowment campaigns. That is no easy task, but Norm is one of the best in the world on these topics. His clients have included both large and small foundations, social uh, social services, uh, health, cultural, and faith-based organizations ranging uh, from national to local healthcare organizations, uh, just a host of organizations throughout the United States, Canada, and Israel. Uh, in addition, he serves as a senior consultant uh, to the Bob Carter Companies. Uh, he's an active member of the Association of Fundraising Professionals and has uh, and was named Social Worker of the Year uh, by the Oakland County, Michigan chapter of the National Association of Social Workers. In addition, he has been a frequent lecturer at universities, authored syndicated columns, and for the purposes of today, he is an author, and he has authored a new book, You and Your Nonprofit, Practical Advice and Tips. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, Norm Shansky. How are you? Great. It's a pleasure to be with you. Terrific uh, book. Not easy to pull together a book of this magnitude covering the scope uh, that you have covered. So we really want to get into um, all of the, uh, the, the, t- the practical tips and advice uh, that, that you have pulled together. But uh, before, we, uh, before we do that, uh, tell our audience a little bit about uh, your partner, CharityChannel.com, how this book series has come together and where does you and your nonprofit fit? Well, for many years, I was a participant, uh, like uh, hundreds of thousands of other people, on Charity Channel, and I noted that there were a lot of uh, really helpful articles that were being written that would come out in their little uh, e-blasts and newsletters and the like. And uh, I approached um, Steve Nill, the founder of uh, Charity Channel, I said, you've got a great resource here. Over years, you've had some terrific articles uh, have you ever thought of putting it all together in a, a, a book and or to do something that would uh, really cover the breadth of terrific things that are happening online? And uh, his response to me, like, whenever you bring up a good idea, well, would you do it? <laughs> so right. uh, so uh, I said, well, I have not had not previously published, uh, been involved in the publishing of a book, although I've, I've done a lot of uh, journal articles and, and, and publishing uh, for magazines and the like. Uh, and, and I w- did not think I was up to it. And he said, well, I have somebody who's very uh, experienced in doing books and could be a, a co-editor with you and could really help you get this thing launched. And, uh, oh, was that, that Linda Lysakowski? That was the wonderful recommendation. Linda and I are partners on this book. We are co-editors, uh, and we are also contributing authors. It's a, uh, it was a, a terrific challenge, uh, but one that uh, ended up with a, just a great product, which I think has been really helpful to those who've had a chance to get hold of it. Well, Linda is, uh, has been a, a guest here on the uh, Nonprofit Coach uh, back uh, last year, last November, very popular uh, show, and uh, always has a, a lot to add to the uh, to the nonprofit sector. The two of you 
co-edited this book. What does that mean? Does that mean that uh, you've got uh, other authors involved with this book? Right. We have um, about 43 authors from around the globe, uh, from Australia, Great Britain, Canada, as well as the United States, who have contributed articles to the book. Now, the uh, when we put out a call for articles, there were certain criteria that we had, and we had about uh, we had several hundred submissions of articles, and we narrowed it down to the 43. We also put together a, a panel of experts, uh, national thought leaders uh, 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 in our field, who uh, with us once we uh, did the preliminary screening reviewed all articles to make sure that it met the criteria that we had established, which was, one, that it had to be something that was practical, replicable, concise, uh, best practices and or innovative in approach. Um, so all of those criteria went into each of the articles. And, and in uh, in this uh, book, you cover quite a range of uh, of topics. How did you choose uh, which ones would be uh, covered to pull them together in uh, in this book? Well, we originally said we wanted to focus on uh, basically three broad areas uh, within the nonprofit sector. Uh, in terms of operations and, and leadership. So basically it was leadership and management was one area, uh, governance was another, and then uh, fundraising uh, was a third. Uh, within the governance and operations, we also got involved in uh, financial areas and uh, uh, we were so pleased to have your article that was included on uh, online um, um, issues, online fundraising, and social media uh, uh, medium. So we're, uh, we're really thrilled to have the quality of people who participated. Your yeah, host, you had, uh, your last uh, show, and thank you Berger for inviting me, and thank you for uh, uh, doing such a wonderful job in uh, in editing and pulling together uh, my piece to fit to the uh, the vision uh, of the uh, of the overall book. I do want to just a uh, programming note. Uh, uh, for your, uh, uh, for all of our listeners here, Linda Lysakowski will be uh, back here on the Nonprofit Coach on a very special edition. So mark this on your calendar. It is not a regular day. Uh, it will be Wednesday, May 30th. The Nonprofit Coach is typically on Tuesdays, but because of the proximity to uh, Memorial Day that week, we did not want Linda to lose any of the punch of our audience, um, so we wanted to uh, put a buffer day in there so that people could make sure that they, they don't miss Linda Lysakowski right back here on the Nonprofit Coach, Wednesday, May 30th, 12 noon Eastern. Uh, so, uh, Norm, in working with uh, Linda and pulling this together, um, what I'd like to do is we're just going to uh, have a, a brief uh, reminder and a little notice here on the show. Uh, when we come back, if you can... Uh, Start sharing with us uh, some of the, the best practical advice and tips that came out of this really wealth of, uh, of authors that you've brought together uh, here on the show. We'll be right back after this. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Before we uh, head back with uh, Norm Olshansky, who is our Page 2 expert today and the uh, co-author of You and Your Nonprofit, Practical Advice uh, and Tips for Nonprofits, we do want to draw attention uh, to tedhart.com and uh, the books uh, that we have in our bookstore uh, we're very pleased our partner, Amazon.com, has chosen uh, at this point every one of the books are now on sale. It's the first time that every single one of the books have been on sale at the same time. So uh, you can click on books, uh, go to the bookstore, and any one of those books are available on sale through our partner over at Amazon. We're back now live with Norm Olshansky. Uh He is the co-author uh, with Linda Lysakowski, or co-editor, rather, uh, with Linda Lysakowski of You and Your Nonprofit. Uh, Norm, you must have just seen a wealth of information come in through all of those drafts. 
what impressed you most? Well, I think what what impressed me most was the fact that we had expert advice from some national leaders that was not just focused on the large nonprofits that really helped the smaller nonprofits, even the ones that are all volunteer led to deal with the day-to-day issues that we all face at different times in nonprofit work. So whether it would be the relationship between the board chair and the executive director, or whether it would be issues of how do you develop a board that's really going to get involved in fundraising, or whether it's uh, issues related to uh, in larger organizations, breaking down the, the silos that get developed. Uh, there were just so many different uh, um, articles uh, dealing with the practical uh, aspects of some marketing plan giving, um, uh, just, uh, again, online work, uh, financial issues, uh, and um, accountability. So, um I think the thing that impressed me the most was was the 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 diversity of nonprofits and how while a lot of people focus primarily on the relationship building that there's a heck of a lot of science that's necessary to be successful and there needs to be the combination of the two um and I think that 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 we find over and over again uh, the other thing that I, I, I think was very helpful on the science side is a lot of people instinctively jump in and say, oh, we've got to do this, let's go ahead, and they they start a marketing campaign or whatever and really haven't put together the type of business plan or the sequence of events that are necessary to bring about a successful conclusion, whether it be to a, a service or mission-driven activity or for fundraising or uh, even in terms of just prospect identification. So uh, the science end of it combined with the relationship, combined with the differences based on size, history of the organization, uh, a lot of issues we dealt with in the book around founder syndrome. Um, you know, it just is a broad, broad swipe of short, concise how-to articles dealing with all these different You really focused in this book on the day-to-day issues that confront nonprofit leaders uh, and professionals. What, what do you think some of the issues today um, that uh, uh, charities uh, need to be addressing but maybe uh, uh, need this book to help them sort things out? Uh, number one is the changing patterns of leadership. Um, you know, uh, nonprofits have historically been identified volunteer-driven organizations, and more and more we're seeing volunteers looking for the staff to drive the process. So finding the right balance and the relationships and engagement of volunteers, and also the changing attitudes of donors and funders. Uh, there's a whole new level of accountability looking at um, outcomes and not just outputs and really evaluating and looking at the metrics and um, being able to justify your return on investment um, that funders give to an organization. Uh, these are the trends, I think, that are happening more and more. And, of course, the economy has uh, uh, had a, a major impact over the last couple of years, but I think it's also, in a sense, when you have a crisis, can create opportunities in that people are beginning to work smarter and uh, be more strategic and uh, utilize human and financial resources in uh, in better ways. So from that standpoint, there has been some good that's come out of these bleak last couple of years. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot has uh, has been learned. Um, it seems to be a recurring theme of the professionals that you brought together uh, in you and your nonprofit, which uh, is available uh, at CharityChannel.com. Um, it keeps coming back to leadership. Leadership uh, is both volunteer and staff. Um, is there a crisis of leadership in the nonprofit sector? I'm seeing a lot of different trends. Uh, the turnover rates are outrageous. Um, the demands that are being put on uh, staff. Uh, we've got a lot of burnout. We've got a lot of uh, 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 cutting back. If 
by some of the nonprofits over the last several years. So turnover is very costly to nonprofits, and it's very costly in terms of the development of up-and-coming professionals as well when you have constant turnover. Uh, so I see that as a, a, a big issue. A lot of it has to do with uh, of, uh, the change in attitudes about the role of staff, and it also has to do with limited resources and having too few staff to be able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished with increasing demands being placed on nonprofits. Are there just too many nonprofits for the sector to support? Yes and no. I mean, I, I'm one that says that the, the market will determine the number of nonprofits that survive. Uh, I, there's a big push now to have uh, nonprofits collaborate, I think, the, uh, which is great, and I think more and more collaboration needs to take place. Successful collaborations may ultimately lead to strategic alliances, and then from there possibly to mergers and the like. But we're seeing more and more nonprofits go bankrupt, go out of business, and they should. Um, so um, it's, it's a tough, a tough uh, nut to have to deal with, but at the same time, um, you know, to be successful, you have to be practical as well and have to be responsive to your funders. For uh, organizations that have those concerns, uh, particularly the smaller organizations that you spoke of earlier, what are some of the practical advice and tips in this book that uh, might help them either avert closing their doors or entering into partnerships? Or how does all of that work to save the mission uh, if the organization itself is in trouble? Well, there are a lot of different things an organization can do that, that goes back to this uh, collaborative model. Um, there are now a lot of organizations that are combining back office services uh, or are outsourcing more of their services. Uh, we are seeing um, – uh, we had a, uh, one organization that I was working with, the early childhood uh, programs and, and organizations in that community, in that region actually, got together and they were having a problem collectively in uh, recruiting, retaining, and screening staff to work with children. And so they created a entity that did that for them. So they could all go to that pool without having to do it each of them themselves. And uh, it saved a lot of money. It saved the hassle of when someone didn't show up having an adequate workforce, you could go to that entity. I've seen it done also with healthcare insurance, uh, collaborative efforts there, uh, collaborative even capital campaigns, as, as you mentioned earlier, um, uh, collaborative efforts to uh, uh, for back office accounting and uh, temp services. Um, in Florida, where I'm located, um, uh, professional employment organizations, PEO, they were known as employee leasing organizations, are very big, and a lot of nonprofits go through them to handle all of their uh, back office uh, benefits and other types of things. So there's the collaboration on the business side and operation side, and then there's collaborative activities that can take place on the service side as well. So, uh, you know, I, I see more and more donors insisting on organizations looking at uh, ways they can uh, give a better return on investment, save money, be uh, more effective, and uh, that's one of the best ways to address it. And those are uh, very important topics to make sure that an organization is not just raising money for the sake of raising money, but in fact are focused on their mission and focused on being as efficient as they possibly can be. Um, it's important to have books like yours that helps bring that expertise that uh, nonprofit executives might not naturally have as they come into their new roles. No question about it. In fact, I just finished reading one of your books. Oh, uh, my goodness. Which it, one did you read? The uh, Internet Management for Nonprofits. Oh, my goodness, thank you. Yeah, that's the and, most recent uh, book 
uh, and uh, is available at Amazon.com. Uh, what yeah. came out of there that uh, might have relationship to you and well, your Well, it's interesting. Um, uh, I, I actually was asked to do a review of the book, so uh, you will you will see the review very soon, and I'm as and I will tell you that uh, I found the book to be very important. Uh, even though it's a couple of years old now in terms of the original input uh, and with the dramatic changes that are taking place in uh, online uh, technology and new services and the like, it is still a wonderful book for people no matter what level of exposure you currently have with online technology and use of the Internet. I was very impressed with it. Um, I consider myself to be a a fairly uh, engaged person when it comes to social media and the Internet and web presence, but uh, I took a lot uh, away from the book that was very helpful. Well, it's very kind of you. Yeah, we we wrote that uh, uh, forward thinking. Um, So uh, while the published date is, uh, I think, what, 18 months or a little bit more, um, the uh, the content uh, was meant to uh, not just be sort of you know flavor of the day, but really concrete, tried and true uh, things that uh, can be done to add in- the internet to the management of your organization. So I I really appreciate uh, your your kind words in that, and of course you you brought uh, some of that forward uh, through the article uh, that I have uh, in your book, you and your nonprofit. Uh, that seems to be a recurring theme of the use of the Internet to add efficiency uh, as one of the practical pieces of advice for charities today. Yes, yeah. but I also urge caution. And as your previous guest um, in, uh, on your page one uh, indicated, that for an organization to be successful, really have to integrate all of the different aspects of operations, management, fundraising, mission development, and the like. And uh, while the uh, no question the Internet has, has uh, been a phenomenal asset, it is not the only tool and needs to be seen in light of all the other things that a good nonprofit needs to do in order to be successful. Yeah, it really is important to drive that message home that, you know, the Internet by itself is not going to do anything for your nonprofit. It's the integration of all of the tools that your organization have into a combined strategy that helps the Internet be a phenomenal voice uh, for organizations, right. a phenomenal opportunity uh, to add efficiency to management and to uh, uh, fundraising and outreach. Uh, and it's not going to do well. any of those things by itself. Uh, yeah. And that's why uh, books like yours are important for people to prioritize uh, the kind of work that they're doing and the uh, opportunities that face their organization. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, uh, important that organizations – um, have an integrated approach with everything they do. Too often you see the financial people don't talk to the service people who don't talk to the marketing people who don't talk to the uh, the fundraising people. And uh, the pl- even within the fundraising departments, oftentimes the planned giving is separated from the annual campaign and the capital campaign. So, you know, all of the things that we are doing now in our consulting with nonprofits is how do you bring all of these things together under concerted strategy that's going to get you where you want to be. And uh, even in terms of uh, the terms like total financial resource development and making one ask to your major donors instead of going to them five times during the year for sponsorships and for annual campaign and for uh, all of the different types of things that come up during the year. We've got uh, some big uh, shows coming up here on the uh, Nonprofit Coach. Uh, Norm, I want to share with our listeners uh, just a reminder for those of you who have been with us for a while, uh, we do have a summer hiatus uh, coming up. The Nonprofit Coach goes into summer hiatus in the months of July and August, but we are uh, jam-packed with uh, fantastic uh, experts here on the Nonprofit Coach between now and then. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, Norm, next week, Pat Pasquale, uh, from the Foundation Center is with us. Uh, she has uh, always been one of the top-rated uh, presenters here on the Nonprofit Coach. So all things about grant writing and getting that money in the door for your organization comes directly next week here on the Nonprofit Coach with Pat Pasquale. Now, after that, May 15th, Tuesday, May 15th, uh, right here on the Nonprofit Coach, quite a get for us. 
uh, as Julia Ingram Walker uh, is here with her book, A Fundraising Guide for Nonprofit Board Members. Um, so that's a, a very important book and brings us right back to the AFP Wiley uh, Nonprofit Internet Show right here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, so that AFP Wiley uh, partnership is so important uh, to us. Uh, Norm, here on the Nonprofit Coach once a month, uh, we have uh, the Green Show. Uh, this is to help nonprofits become more green, environmentally sensitive. Uh, that show this month is on May 22nd. Uh, Amy Frankel is going to be with us. She is the Director and Regional Representative of the United Nations Environment Program uh, Regional Office for North America, so quite an important uh, uh, person here right on the Nonprofit Coach. And that brings us right to that very special placement of Linda Lysakowski's show, uh, which is instead of on a Tuesday, mark your calendar, she'll be with us on Wednesday, May 30th. So that rounds out uh, the, the rest of uh, this month uh, of May. Uh, we're right back here with Norm uh, Oshansky, who is the uh, co-editor of You and Your Nonprofits, Practical Advice and Tips uh, for Charities, looking into uh, uh, the future here for organizations the rest of this year. Still a tough economy. What are some of the best tips that you have uh, for charities to be able to uh, turn things around and to grow in a tough economy? Planning. Planning and leadership. Getting your leadership geared up, being positive, um, doing doing what you do best, but uh, strategically focused on how to best take yourself to the next level. Um, I think this is the greatest time to be uh, completing any sort of long-term planning that you have so that you are prepared as the economy gets better to take advantage of it. We're actually seeing an uh, improvement. Uh, uh, I think this is going to be a, a positive year for philanthropy um, and those organizations that are out in front and uh, are are using their relationships to uh, the best way possible are the ones that are going to succeed. But then it all comes down to human resources. It's your leadership and your staff that are going to be the ones to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I can't uh, I can't agree with you more. Uh, Norm, over at uh, p2pfundraising.org, which is our public education site uh, connected here to the nonprofit coach, there's a direct link to our LinkedIn discussion group, people-to-people fundraising over on LinkedIn. We now have 1,721-plus members, and that's an opportunity uh, for listeners of this show to get together, share ideas, and ask questions uh, of each other. That's certainly uh, something that you've been quite active with, uh, with Charity Channel, and really is one of the genesis of this book, um, is that a lot of the folks that you brought together have been regular contributors uh, to online learning. Isn't that the case? No question about that. The uh, That was our original group that we reached out to, and then we brought in others as well. But Charity Channel was really the focus for this, and uh, Charity Channel Press, which now has, I think, uh, almost uh, eight or ten books out already, um, is uh, making a big contribution to the field as well. By the way, the book is available at all major uh, booksellers in addition oh, to right. Charity so, yeah. so it's available at CharityChannel.com, but also in uh, other venues as well. Yeah, so Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, any of the major booksellers uh, have it. That's terrific. That's, uh, that, that's terrific. We're going to take uh, just a, a real quick information uh, break. When we come back, Norm, I was wondering if you'd uh, just share a little bit about your consulting practice, your approach to consulting, and the si- sorts of things uh, that you provide that wrap around uh, this wonderful book that you've brought to the nonprofit sector. We're just going to share uh, some practical, uh, efficient advice for our listeners. Every day, millions of people are online, many of whom want to help, volunteer, and donate to a good cause. Nonprofit organizations can use many Google tools to reach potential donors around the world and raise more money. And as an approved nonprofit, it doesn't cost a thing, it's all free. Google Grants helps you promote your website with free advertising on Google.com through the AdWords program. With Google AdWords, you create ads and choose words or phrases related to your nonprofit organization. When people search on Google using one of your phrases, your ad will appear next to the Google search results under the Sponsored Links section. AdWords allows you to target certain geographic areas, 
dates, and times of day for your ads to appear. YouTube for Nonprofits is another tool that can boost donations to your organization. The program offers a number of perks that get your message out there and drive viewers to take action and donate. You can list your organization on YouTube's nonprofit channel and add call to action overlays on your videos to drive viewers to donate. Need help analyzing your website traffic and marketing effectiveness? Google Analytics is a free tool that will give you rich insight and help you increase the number of people that visit and donate to your site. Google Analytics can be invaluable to many people in your organization, such as development directors, marketing staff, and your web team. There are many other tools that can help you reach more donors and raise funds, like Google Checkout, where you can process credit card donations with no transaction fee, Google Sites to create a free website, and Website Optimizer, where you can figure out the best landing pages to turn site visitors into donors. To get started, apply for Google for Nonprofits today. Those are some uh, practical tools that are available for uh, nonprofit organizations uh, to succeed uh, online. And with us today is Norm Olshansky, who is the co-editor of a book uh, to bring practical advice and tips uh, entitled You and Your Nonprofit. Uh, you and Your Nonprofit seems to suggest a relationship uh, between uh, whom, the, uh, the nonprofit managers and the charity or donors and charities? Well, I think the the book was written both for volunteer leadership as well as professional leadership in nonprofits. So the whole idea is whoever's reading it and whatever nonprofit they're involved in, it really is the connection between the person and their volunteer or professional work in the sector. And 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 what kind of relationship do you uh, uh, do you think is the healthiest and and the most productive? Well, it's a partnership, and that's the whole thing, the, the, the partnership between the volunteers and the staff who share a mission for what the organization does and are working together to make it happen. Um, and, of course, as, as I'm sure you, you've covered many times on your show, there are specific uh, responsibilities and um, uh, different areas that are appropriate and, and are assigned to volunteers and that which is assigned to staff. And depending on the number of staff and the, the uh, uh, sophistication of the organization, there are a lot of variations to those accountability factors and responsibility factors. But um, when organizations understand what each other's responsibilities are, meaning the volunteers and staff, and work together in a true partnership, you see success. And it, and it is that kind of partnership that brings uh, success. There are very few uh, examples of, of where um, you, you don't need a strong board to work with a strong executive director. It really is a partnership that makes a big difference, isn't it? Uh, definitely for the successful organizations, that's uh, been true forever. I mean that's that's what makes it happen because that's and that's what makes it uh a nonprofit and a mission focused organization. Say that again, mission focused uh, organization. We've talked about that quite a bit here on on this show and and it seems that sometimes what happens for charities is we get in such a mode of just running what has been there that we lose sight of the fact um that there is a mission uh, that uh, really is the underlying pinning of why the organization exists in the first place. Yeah, and, and so often the people you're talking to are board members and staff who so much of their time is dealing with the issues and challenges that are faced by the organization, and they don't always spend enough time focused on what everything they're doing is accomplishing and what the reason for what they're doing is to accomplish. And that's really the thing that in a lot of boards we try to encourage uh, board uh, meetings to include opportunities to really uh, celebrate uh, the successes of the organization and help leadership, uh, volunteers, as well as staff uh, see the, uh, the benefits and the outcomes of what they've done for the community. Uh, Kay Sprinkle Grace, I know, I know you know Kay. She's uh, uh, been here on the show several times, and uh, and in fact, uh, always does our Christmas show. And she's always been very popular uh, as our Christmas show guest. And we, she and I have talked 
uh, quite a bit about this uh, interplay between boards of directors and meeting a mission uh, as opposed to just running a business. Yeah, it's very important, and, and that's, that goes back to the whole governance uh, uh, issues. A lot of it's dealt with in the book as to what type of training. What, what do you do when you recruit people for the board? Are you giving them a full understanding of what their responsibilities are? Uh, uh, to the community and not just to the organization. So, Is there too you know, much of an assumption that board members uh, come to the table with an understanding of how to be a good board member? Absolutely. In fact, in, in our consulting practice, we encourage um, um, organizations to establish contracts with board members uh, so that there's a clear understanding of what the expectations are before they come on board, that there's a thorough orientation for board members, that there are workshops uh, for board members, uh, that the board members get uh, are fully uh, understand the uh, nature of the organization and what it does, even if it means that where there are multiple sites and the like, having uh, – uh, tours uh, for board members where they go and visit all of those sites and understand what's going on in a more practical way. Uh, you can't really get people. A lot of people are focused on just the fundraising and sustainability, and you're never going to get the fundraising and sustainability uh, if you don't have people with the hearts and the heads behind it. You start with people's hearts. You then intellectually deal with their head. And only after that can you deal with the funding and the, what we call the pocketbook. Exactly, exactly. Those are very, uh, very important messages here uh, on the nonprofit coach today. We have uh, Norm Oshansky. Uh, we do have uh, a question coming in from Doris uh, in uh, Chicago, um, and she's specifically wondering uh, about annual appeals um, and how important they are to fundraising. Absolutely critical to fundraising. Your annual appeal is what is your, your, your way of keeping your donors connected, and it's a way of making sure that um, you have the operating income to sustain the organization. And the way you enhance that and sustain it is what you do between the asks. Uh, when, when an annual campaign is strictly the once a year asking people for money, uh, you're losing a lot of the benefits of what an annual campaign can do because there's ongoing recognition and education and engagement. Uh, your people who contribute long-term to an annual campaign are your best prospects for planned giving. Uh, there's just so many things that make an annual campaign important and critical to the life of an organization. Uh, major donors now are many are focused on project funding or uh, field of interest funding, and uh, there's uh, a need for the annual campaign, especially it's to raise the money for the things that are absolutely necessary for the organization to be successful, but are not as sexy to donors or is not something that people would, you know, people typically don't say, I want to give a big grant for your electrical bill or for your maintenance costs. So right. The, the, uh, the assumption is is that you're you're managing that part of the business very well, but it doesn't mean that things uh, you know are uh, um, uh, are not able to be funded as part of a bigger vision. Exactly. Exactly. So um, you know you have to always, and and this was uh, said in your page one uh, discussion. You always have to target your market, and even in an annual campaign, you've got a lot of different constituencies with a lot of different interests and backgrounds and relationships to the organization. So the more you're able to uh, get down to the um, targeted aspects of, of uh, working with each of those constituencies, the more successful you'll be. A lot of organizations are too small and don't have the resources to do a lot of that, but whatever you can do in that direction will be of benefit. Norm, as uh, it uh, always is the case here on The Nonprofit Coach, the show goes much faster than uh, we would like it to. I could chat with you forever, but uh, before we end, we have uh, just over a minute uh, left here on the show. Uh, how can our listeners reach you? 
Right. There are two ways I would suggest. One, for a sample of some of the of how uh, what some of these articles look like. In addition to editing, Linda and I both are contributing authors and have several articles. I have a blog which you can go to nfpconsulting.blogspot.com. That's or that's com, or to our website nfbconsulting.com. That's um, terrific. I'm, Norm Oshansky, uh the uh, terrific co-editor of uh, you and your nonprofit, Practical Advice and Tips. Thank you for being our guest here on The Nonprofit Coach. My pleasure, and thank you for having me, Ted. You bet. We'll be right back here next Tuesday uh, with Pat Pasquale from the Foundation Center here on The Nonprofit Coach. You've been listening to The Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to The Nonprofit Coach. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.